choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony. I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to a hundred, nigga, real quick. Yo, what up, my lovelies? Said I was going to do a 70s uh, DJ voice, but it ain't working out. I have to work on it. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's Kells. I'm back. Sad. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm K- uh, Kells at KMGZ on Twitter. Um, this is episode 107. And um, all right, let's get started. So I haven't done a yours and never two for a minute because I just haven't been one. But I have one this week, and it's going out to Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors for getting the Cleveland Cavaliers the fuck out the paint. Thank God, thank God, thank God. They've been insufferable since last year. I said it before. Coming back from 1-3 is a miracle. It ain't going to happen twice. I don't want Cleveland to ever win anything ever. Y'all got one ring. I hope y'all never get another one. Sorry is how I feel. Um, Kevin Durant, the Slim Reaper, good Lord, man. That boy, he don't care about your defense. He don't care about nothing. That nigga, listen, I know LeBron is great, but, um, he, he listen, Kevin Durant. He's a killer. He is a killer. He got moves for your ass. Um, Steph. You know, the thing I noticed about that that Steph did. Steph's shot wasn't falling. But last year when Steph's shot wasn't falling, he got frustrated and disappeared, and that's why they lost. This year his shot wasn't falling. He didn't do that. He put the ball on the dribble and 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 drove to the basket and was killing y'all with them scoop layups. And unlike last year, when he kept getting blocked by LeBron, this time he made sure he went and used the basket as protection. See, last time he was just trying to throw it up like he ain't had LeBron James behind him. This time he was doing that little cut to the basket with the scoop, and he would always go to the other side of the basket. So you want to block my shot, you got to block it over this basket, which you can't do. And I got the little pause, little you know, little scoop. He was he was killing it with the scoop shot. So shout out to Steph for just his game and not disappearing shout out to Clay shot wasn't really falling either but Clay was playing defense like a motherfucker and that's another thing that Golden State improved greatly their defense um Cleveland did not because this last game uh Golden State was shredding their defense um so congratulations to them congratulations to Kevin Durant well deserved um and I just can't wait for the Sixers process to kick in hopefully I'll still be above ground when it does because um, that celebration y'all did in Oakland was great. Um, and, you know, I just can't wait till it's our turn. Last time the Sixers won the championship, I, I was um, in elementary school. And I didn't go to the parade. And I probably should. Had, had I known that would be the last <laughs> parade I have until I'm fucking <laughs> this age, I would have went. But at the time... You know, the Sixers had went to the finals the year before they lost. They swept. They swept. The, and, you know, at the time, it was... They were a team that we didn't think was ever we were gonna have to worry about not seeing in the finals again. Um, yeah, so shout out to them. Okay, moving on to current events, and we have quite a few and uh, one more that got introduced today. Um, the first thing I wanted to say, and this is kind of a carryover, I had meant to mention it before, um, but I didn't. But um, the latest one was um, an incident. 
So what this is about is people filming these incidents of people being calling them niggers or spicks or wet bet whatever, being racist, these fucking Trump voters out here who feel emboldened now and just being flat out racist and y'all just filming them and not doing nothing and just filming it and then like, oh look at this. I'm tired of that shit. I don't want to see that shit, I don't know who it serves, I don't know what it's for, all it do is make you look like a punk ass bitch, because the way some of the people be talking to you is, is hands and feet language, okay, I don't know what the purpose of it is, if you're trying to expose racism, hey, we already know, thanks, we don't need it, we don't need it, we know, they elected him to as president of the United States, that's all the confirmation we need, and we already know, if you ain't filming yourself walking over to the authorities and getting these people locked up, or whatever the case is, or if you ain't filming that one, where the man in the wheelchair hit that man with that crutch, I don't give a fuck about you being handicapped, I don't give a fuck, I will take that fucking cane and beat you with it. And then I'll throw that shit so fucking far and roll you out that motherfucking wheelchair and, and good luck with that. And if I get put out, oh well. Um, but the one that really just fed me up this weekend, somebody else put one on the, on the TL where it's just two black dudes, they cook out, they're at their house, cooking out, having a barbecue. And it's a white fucking, you know, Trump voter, most likely, in their driveway, neighborhood watch fat ass fuck, and, and with a clipboard. Talking about, um, I'm just here to notify you that you need to keep this, this barbecue smoke to your property. And they standing there filming him, and the other guy is, oh, look, oh, I'm the only one. And I'm just thinking, bitch, if you don't get your fat fucking ass out of my fucking driveway and off my motherfucking grass right this instant, I will call the police and press every trespassing law there is against you. Because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I know the justice system is bullshit, and I know that they shoot and kill us and, and nothing happens to them, and I know, you know, it's all kind of unfair laws, and they can do what the fuck they want to do to us, and, and, and never, nothing ever happened. But let me tell you one area of law that can always be used like a blunt instrument and will always come out the way that it is supposed to come out, that is property law. The United States, throughout all its history, has always upheld and respected property law. That's how come your landlord can evict you the fuck out. That's how come um, if you need repairs or whatever and your landlord not doing it, you can withhold that rent. That is why. Because property laws are something that there's no gray area, there's really no way to be racist against that. You either own that property, you're not, or you don't, and if you own that property, it, it attaches certain rights with it, and, and that's it. It's no, there's no two ways about that. Now, there's a way to swindle people out of, out of land and all that, um, yeah, but you go to court as a landowner, or whatever you call the police, whatever the case is, as a landowner... And you tell that police officer, this man right here is on my property, and I, I want him to go. I guarantee to you, them police will take that man off of your property and tell him not to return to it. So why you why you letting that man stand in your driveway, one on the sidewalk, in your driveway, and tell you this dumb shit about how you got to keep your barbecue smoke in your property? Can't nobody control barbecue smoke goes where it wants to go. There's no law nowhere in the world that says you got to control barbecue smoke whatever, um, stop, stop filming this, y'all, y'all, it, it, you look crazy, you look silly, you look dumb, you're not exposing anything, we all know, what is the purpose of it, y'all standing there for this shit for the gram, meanwhile, these people doing what the fuck ever they want, and then y'all be the same ones talking about, oh, well, now I knew it wasn't gonna work, and nobody don't do nothing, because when y'all have something that you can take an action on, you don't do anything, 
that's how that man and that man I can tell from that video have been that wasn't the first time I could tell he'd been harassing y'all and probably harass other people do and two and that's the kind of situation that you call police on him and you get complaint after complaint about him trespassing and harassing and when you get enough of them you take his ass to court and you get a restraining order about this man to keep coming on your yard that's what the fuck you do that's how you deal that's again it's only a few ways that the law serves everybody equally and property law is one of them so use the, the, the few avenues you have to fucking not have to deal with shit I know everybody in the law state motherfucking mind, but we still live in America right now anyway, temporarily, under the laws of the Constitution. I mean, I know the president is shitting on that shit, but it still applies for all the rest of us, you know, today, as of today. Use that shit, okay? The law don't never work for you, but when it do work for you, you gotta use it. Stop filming this shit and fucking go get the police and do whatever you gotta do and get that shit on and, and stop putting it on, 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 on Twitter and, and Instagram for likes, that's just dumb, I don't understand it, stop doing it, you look crazy, and I've been wanting to say that for a minute, I just kept, I kept forgetting, but that barbecue shit, that shit pissed me off, that man was in his driveway, and I'm not talking about like down at the curtilage, I'm talking about in his, he was good, eight, ten feet up his drive, standing in his driveway with this fucking clipboard, fat ass white man, looking like a promise keeper, telling this man to keep his goddamn Make sure I would tell anybody the same thing. If you nigga, if you don't get your if you don't get your fat boss hog looking ass out my driveway, I swear to God, I'm gonna call the authorities. Bruh, cut that shit out. The, the end of that. That's that's all I gotta say. Um oh and moving on, I was gonna insert this one and I wasn't gonna address this, but I, this is a long running thing and I just wanted to mention it because it was it was coming up on Twitter yesterday. So y'all know the situation with Colin Kaepernick, right? Where, you know, he took the knee to protest the national anthem and now we can't get signed. And 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 what I want to say about that is, you know, I support him and his protests and all of that, but when he did that, when he took a knee, I assumed that he was doing that knowing full well of the consequences and saying fuck it. And that's why I was like, yo, I give him respect because he's actually sacrificing his career because they're going, you know, they're going to do what they're doing now. I thought he was fully aware of that, but it seems like he's not because, you know, he's still trying out for teams and he's still trying to get signed. And it's like this big uproar, they're not going to sign him and they're making all excuses. But I mean, we knew that was going to happen. So I thought you knew that, bro. I thought you was willing to risk it all. Um, and honestly, like, and I don't want to criticize him because I think he definitely, you know, I, I, I just, this is what I'll say. I think that you should, he should have thought this through better because I think he could have protested like he wanted to, made the point like he wanted to, and not had this happen had he not been so, um, what shall I say, uh, hotepi with it. Um, and I had been saying that for a while, like, he, he's a little, tweet. I don't know, he gives me, he gives me, he's, he's, he's mixed and he's adopted, and there's, and there's a certain, um, demographic of that who tries to overcompensate and do the most, y'all know what I'm talking about, and I just feel like there's other players who, who, who protest, who joined him in protest, you know, whether they raised their fists in the air, or whether they, um, you know, stood off to the side and, 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 um, did a little prayer or whatever, that didn't take a knee. To me, this is just my opinion. When you take a knee, 
that's kind of like saying fuck you. That's beyond like not not I'm not gonna say your your pledge of allegiance and I'm not gonna shoot your flag. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna uh, salute your flag, but I'm gonna go down on my one knee and say fuck you and fuck your flag. I I, I understand you should. It's football. People take a knee. I get it. But I'm saying in the way he did it in the moment and this and and with the statement he made, that's kind of what it was. So that's why I said when he did that, I thought he realized, like, okay, I'm going to do this, and if it, it backfired, it's cool, I got enough money, whatever. Doesn't seem like he did. I just, and, and when I say I wish he had thought it through, like, you know, put your fist in the air. It's other things you, other players did other things to clearly protest um, that, you know, still have careers. And like I said, you're in football, but there's basketball, people do, um, Abdul, damn, I'm about to fuck his name up. Abdul Raouf, y'all know what I'm talking about. The guard from Denver, he was a Muslim, and he would stand and pray during this national anthem. He's the same thing. He's like, I'm not gonna pledge that. I don't in my religion. I'm not allowed to do that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's been a lot of players that have, for various reasons, not wanted to do that, but they did it in a manner that wasn't kind of like fuck you. I feel like I feel like Caps was like kind of showy kind of fuck you, not so much, oh, I feel like this is wrong, or this is against whatever, it just was kind of like, oh, look at me, this is my opinion, not, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to say I think he did it for attention, that's not what I'm saying, I think he was sincere in what he was doing, but I think he took the most, uh, jump, just the most how, dramatic display way to do it, which, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know if, if you, if you wanted to continue playing, then I don't know why you did that, you could have done a lot of different ways, you know, you could have, again, I'm not trying to criticize him, because I think he's sincere, and I think it's a good cause, I'm just, I'm just surprised, I just wish he had thought it through, because he's a good quarterback, and we all know why he's not being signed, um, and I just think that he wouldn't have had that issue if perhaps he had just been a little bit more smooth with it. And somebody out there saying, well, he ain't got to be smooth. You're right, he don't. But you got to understand that when you do it that way, this is going to be the consequence. And my, all I'm saying is he don't seem like he, he understood that. He seemed like he thought he was going to be able to do that and somebody was going to sign him regardless. And I just feel like, um, you know, you probably didn't think that through because everybody else saw this coming, especially with the NFL and their hypocrisy. So, that's all. But I like you, Colin, and I, I hope you, I don't know, I hope you land somewhere. You're a good quarterback. I would say the Eagles would take, well, I mean, we might take you, we got Carson Wentz, but I mean, you know, you're a good backup. You're good enough to be a starter, though, but, you know, anyway, good good luck to you. The other little um, issue, and I don't really don't even want to speak to this, but I feel like I should, this article with Tanache and I and I gotta admit, let me say right here on this podcast, I did not read the whole thing, but I read the, the relevant snippets. And um again, and I've said before, all these little other also ran girls that you know the the, the Tanaches and the, and the Kalani's and all them other you know girls. If y'all like them, God bless them. They all the same to me. They all blend together. I don't think there's nothing too great about none of them. They all also ran to me. Um, but she fixed her face to say basically that the reason she doesn't connect is because she's light skinned and she's mixed and she doesn't fit in. Um, everything other than girl, your music is what the hell is this? 
And um, she 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 implied or no, she said that you know if you're not a Beyonce or Rihanna, there's no music for you in black in black music or people don't accept you or whatever. I have I have several issues with that statement. Um, there's several things wrong with that. As I've said once, and I'll say again, I think that certain people are stars and certain people are not. Doesn't mean you're not talented. Doesn't mean you can't sing. Doesn't mean you can't dance. Doesn't mean you're not, you know, very talented. But you're not a star. You go to Broadway. Every single person in a Broadway show sings extremely well. Dances extremely well. Have trained their whole life. They never miss a mark. They, they key, their pitch is perfect. They never oversing. They're great. They're not stars. Because if everybody could do it, then the ones who are wouldn't be special. That's my thought. I've always thought that way. I've read all kind of books from Clive Davis to L.A. Reid to Babyface. Any kind of book in the entertainment industry where these guys um, write, I have read it. And um, the Sylvia Rome one, um, Suzanne DePass, or read an interview. If they don't have a book, I read them in interviews or whatever. And they all say the same thing. That... You know, stars are born. Yeah, we have a formula, and we can put people in it, and we can, you know, get you to that point. But only, only the special ones become the stars. They have that extra something. Usually, it's charisma and drive and heart and work ethic um, that take them forward. So you get the Whitney Houston's that that unique voice and that charm she had. You get the Mariah Carey, same thing. You get the Beyonce, that great stage present, she gives you that stage experience that, you know, that Tina Turner 2.0, just oh my god, look at this, she gives you, Rihanna that charm, that charisma, that the the songs, the catalog certain people are stars and, you know it's okay, like you can still, like you can still have a decent career, but like I don't, I hate when these bench players or these like second, you know not starters, and, and fans too with the oh well but for this or but for that so and so would be a Rihanna no she wouldn't cause only Rihanna is Rihanna you know and, and quite frankly if all of y'all would stop trying to be the next Rihanna or be the next Beyonce and carve out Rihanna carved out her own lane it wasn't no Rihanna before Rihanna Beyonce did the same thing it wasn't no I mean it was Beyonce was heavily inter- influenced by people before her but She's not the same as 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 a Michael Jackson or 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 Janet Jackson and all these other people she clearly was influenced by. You know, she's not the same. So, you know, I hate that because it's like no, it's not if Aaliyah had had stayed alive, Beyonce wouldn't be a star. Beyonce was going to be a star regardless cuz she's a star. So, you know, and I everybody y'all all you know, y'all want to say Rihanna can't sing or whatever. I disagree. I'm not saying she's a great vocalist, but I think I think that she has a unique voice and a unique sound that everybody's trying to copy and I think she's gotten a lot better. Um, but you know, y'all want to y'all pretend like all it is is these girls are light-skinned and these girls are cute. That's what, you know, t- Tanache was trying to allude to. If that's all it was, well, why Cassie in the star? Because Cassie is Diddy's girlfriend and had the whole bad boy behind her, and he kept pushing her, but she couldn't be a star. Because, you know, she had, because, yeah, you plug her into some music, but them songs she was singing and them bops she was doing, you could plug anybody into that, and they could do exactly what she was doing. You can't, when, when these girls be trying to sing the Rihanna songs, the whole time, all you thinking is, that's not Rihanna. When these rap songs come on with these hooks and, they, and the girls like trying to get that Rihanna sound with that accent and that lilt, but it don't quite sound right. It sound a little bit off. It don't turn all the way over because it's not Rihanna. Because Rihanna has that unique sound and she puts her unique sauce on it, like Bruno said, and it's nobody else like her. So 
fuck out of here with that, yo. Your music is, is not great. You don't really have, nobody really knows who you are. And, and honestly, the thing that really bothered me about it, sis, you just got here. Beyonce been doing this since she was a little girl. Like she told you, Beyonce was on Star Search. She'd been doing this for a job long time. Rihanna been doing this since she was 16 years old. She's not as, uh, she got, she came all the way from Barbados on an on a invite from Jay-Z to audition in his office and got signed as a 16-year-old girl. And she's not quite 30 yet, but she's been doing this for 15-something years. They put in the work. They put in the time. They put in the effort. You just got here. Don't be comparing yourself to them like, oh, you know, but for, you know, them two, I, I would be right up there. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't cut the shit, I don't like that, and I hate when y'all say that, and I hate when y'all it's very dismissive, and it's very disrespectful of the hard work both of them, Beyonce and Rihanna and y'all know, Beyonce that's y'all's favorite, that's not my favorite y'all y'all know, it's well documented, but I never, like I give her her props for what she does, I do I don't stretch it to ridiculous extremes like y'all do because I don't think she do everything well, but I give her props for what she does and she works extremely hard, and she hires a team of people who, for the things that she's not necessarily so great at, so songwriting, whatever, she hires them. And then people try to use that to cut against her, but it's like, okay, but that's part of being a, a good artist, to recognize, you know what, I'm not the best songwriter, but I'm going to go get the dude that is, and we're going to collaborate, and we're going to make this song. I'd rather that than this fucking bullshit-ass music, y'all, or this fucking... Millennial soul or whatever they want to call this shit All this whisper fuckboy leak nude ass music That y'all love so much I think that shit is trash It's all the, the beat is all the same It's all the same mumble music Y'all ain't talking about shit Cause y'all ain't got good writers Y'all ain't got the best writers Y'all ain't got the best producers Y'all just sitting down with the beats and, and saying whatever Y'all like it, I love it, I don't care But I, there's a difference between song quality Between these new niggas And Beyonce and them And that's why Beyonce and Rihanna where they at And that's why them niggas where they at and that's why Beyonce and Rihanna been in this 10 plus 20, going on 20 years, both of them, still on top. Rihanna in particular. Rihanna ain't been not on top since she started. Rihanna started her run in what, 2008? It's 2017, and she ain't let her foot off the gas yet. And good luck with her letting it off anytime soon. Just pray. So... I just wanted to say that, like, I just think that's very disrespectful and very dismissive, and it's just, a, a, it's just such a millennial attitude, like, y'all swear that everything is so easy, and you just supposed to be able to step in and just do it, niggas work hard, niggas go through shit, niggas got raised through crack and all kind of bullshit, we had to survive, we had to get over, and I know, you know what I mean, the baby boomers got us all fucked up, but like, we were, we not the same, man, y'all didn't come up like we came up, we came up hard, we came up rough, like, we've been through some shit, and y'all niggas just want to press the microwave and just and just glow up, and, and then when you don't, it's like all these reasons outside of, you just not fly like that, that's the reason why, and I just hate that shit, fuck out of here, um, so, next, we have, and this was actually on the list from the beginning, your boy Jefferson Beauregard Sessions um, went up in Congress yesterday and lied. Told lies or couldn't remember, whatever the case. I didn't watch it like I watched Comey because I knew he was going to be in there lying and subterfuging and not recalling. Well, I didn't know he was going to not recall like that, but I knew I figured he was going in and lie. And I just was like, whatever, I'm not interested. 
but um you know come on it, 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 I, I thought it was good because you know women and, and women of color in particular you know we have been forever saying about how we you know how hard it is for us to work in y'all spaces and be with y'all we getting cut off all you know we get interrupted or we bring an idea up and you know nobody wants to to take it but then the white dude next to you said exact same thing and all of a sudden it's a genius idea like you did not just say that um and it was just put on display for the world yesterday when Kamala Harris who is senator from California, he used to be a DA, and is about her business, and is not fucking around, and is, a, and is a, an attorney, and who ain't up there for drama and theater, who's really up there getting the questions, and, and, and wanting answers, and asking questions in a way to elicit the answer she wants, because, again, she was a DA, um, you know, was really a genius up there, and really was asking the questions that all of America, who not even trained in the law, and not uh, elected to any office, is sitting in a living room like, yo, why don't you ask this? Why don't you ask that? What kind of dumbass question is that? Because they're not really trying to get to the truth, it's all about theater. Well, Kamala was trying to get to the truth, and it was just a great display, because she was asking very poignant, very pertinent questions, um, in a professional manner, because again, she's a senator, and was a DA for many, many years, and is professional, and knows what she's doing, yet, Every time she wanted to ask a question, here come Mr. White Man cutting her off and interrupting her. And as it was occurring, people on Twitter and on the news and everywhere were like, man, why, he's really cutting her off. How does he cut her off? What, what's going on? Everybody's on Twitter was like, what's going on? What you mean? What, what's going on? We, the same shit we tell y'all always going. This is how y'all do us every day in the office. This is how we can't speak. We, we, uh, they accuse her of being hysterical. They accuse her of being hysterical. The woman sat there with her little clipboard and her notebook and asked questions and demanded answers and asked follow-up questions because he wasn't answering and he was being evasive and he was stonewalling and they accused her and he was getting hot and impatient and, oh, I can't answer the question. You ask me all fast like this, I'm a lot. First of all, see, this is how I know that y'all are not real people and have, because anytime somebody tells you, Oh, if you, you, I'm trying, if you're asking the questions too fast, you make me nervous, I don't want to lie. They're lying. Who says that? When you're telling the truth, it doesn't matter how fast a person is asking you a question. It doesn't, you, you're not going to, he, I mean, he gives himself away. So them guys go in there and give themselves away. Oh, if you're making me nervous, I'm going to lie. So that means you're lying, dude. Like, who says that? You don't, if you're telling the truth, the only time that you have to be nervous and rush when somebody's, you're, and Jeff Sessions is an attorney himself, he's not just drawing off the street, so he knows what he's doing, anytime somebody asking questions at a, at a pace it may cause you to lie, that's if you're lying, if you're sitting there trying to think of what you're going to say and how you're going to weasel out of questions, or how you're not going to not recall, but the person asking you questions doesn't allow you, as anybody who's ever dealt with a black woman knows it, you know, should know doesn't allow you, because they already know the answer, and they already know you lying, but I'm like, dude, he, he goes in there, and he gives himself away, and everybody just missed it, they were like, oh, look, he got heated, I'm like, yeah, but listen to what he said, he said, this gets me nervous, and I don't want to lie, that, (laughs) you either tell the truth, or you're not, sir, a question can rush you, because you you don't hear it all, or or, or a question can rush you, because you haven't finished answering the other one, or, you ask them to repeat it again, or can you please slow down, but you don't say, because if you do, you make me nervous, and I'm going to lie, unless you, you lying, and she's, and she's knocking you off your square a little bit, like, 
They're not even smart. This is what I said. They're not even smart. They're not even clever. It's just, but they're smarter than everybody covering because nobody but Kamala Harris seems to be able to figure out what questions to ask these fools to figure out if they lying or not and why. Because they are. So anyway, shout out to that testimony, Kamala Harris. And I'm going to tell you what else. Kamala Harris and Maxine Waters, they the only two people in this party worth a damn. And they, and, and Hillary Clinton, shout out, worth a damn. And, and, and Kamala Harris at that, that hearing is who y'all, who y'all pretend like Elizabeth Warren is. Because Elizabeth Warren don't, she be in that making a scene and making speeches and looking exasperated and yeah she persists persists but she don't be getting that nothing she don't be getting that nothing she don't be getting no and all she wants to do is ask the question so she can be like huh and nobody was prosecuted huh and make a big deal okay sis we know that that's drama that's theater that's not getting to no answers that's not getting nobody closer to the truth that's not getting nobody closer to perjuring themselves like you're just doing this for show and I've never been fooled by it. I ain't fooled by her. I ain't fooled by Bernie. I ain't fooled by none of them white liberals. That's all they do is to gin up the outrage. And oh my God, let's just look like we are so high-minded and so much better. But y'all ain't about shit. Because y'all not asking the key questions. Y'all not bringing nobody in. Y'all not putting their feet to the fire like Maxine and Kamala do. Because Maxine and Kamala is trying to uh, get him impeached and serve the, the purpose of this country and, and get our, sh- our shit back to how it's supposed to be and y'all not, y'all just out here fucking doing it for the gram, as the kids say and that's all I gotta say about that uh so what we got left is that shooting today in Katy Perry and I, I don't know which one I wanna say I, let's do Katy Perry's, I'm not Katy Perry y'all so uh, earlier this week, I don't know what day it was, Monday, Tuesday, it was a big hullabaloo because D-Ray, Blue Vest, of the Blue Vest, sat down with Katy Perry, and listen, the cultural niggerati don't like Katy Perry, it's a few people they don't like, they don't like Katy Perry, they don't like Taylor Swift, granted, warranted, um, they don't like Kim Kardashian, none of the Kardashians, they don't, some of y'all like Chloe. most of y'all don't, um, they don't like, um, Miley Cyrus, they just don't like certain none of the white girls. Only white girl I know they don't like. For, no, they don't like. They don't like none of the white girls. Whatever the white girls that hang with the blacks and do the black shit. They do. They don't or try to do the black shit. I don't know what. Whatever the culture vultures. Whatever they don't. The cultural niggerati don't like them. And once the cultural niggerati decide they don't like you, it don't matter what you do. You are gonna be wrong. So. And, and you could do the exact same thing to somebody they do like. Like they then they they bringing out the swords for them, but you. Fuck you. So, the cultural niggerati was upset because they get on the, um, Katy Perry gave this interview, and I didn't even watch the whole thing, because I didn't really care. Look, I, I like Katy Perry. I like her music. I've always liked her music. Um, she, I, I, I don't have no problem with her. I never had no problem with her. Um, she, but she said some things, and the, basically what she said is that, you know, she did the def- she did the defensive white person thing that white people do where instead of them um challenge you know it's always about well 
it, it becomes about their feelings. When somebody challenges them on being racist and not knowing something, well, why can't you educate us? Well, we can't educate you, sis, because we've been telling you this shit for 400 years now, and you don't want to listen, and you don't want to hear it. And you got free Google just like everybody else, and you got the free library just like everybody else, and we're not here to educate you. It's not our job to educate you. And the things that we're saying are not that complicated anyway. It's nothing to know. It's just, you know, move the fuck out the way and stop acting like you run everything and you own everything because you don't. Um, but what I wanted to say was, so she said that. And I understand the problems with what she said. But I feel like, you know, they dragged her down front like she's just the worst thing ever and fuck Katy Perry. And this is what I want to say about Katy Perry. Katy Perry, if you know her background, is grew up as a religious fundamentalist. Like, super strict Christian. Them, them motherfuckers that's... that's on our backs now, she grew up like that, you know how them people are, so, and she's talked about that before, how she grew up, she, I mean, them ones that wasn't allowed to eat sugar, all the, the super, super hardcore ones, um, that's how she grew up, and she talked about it before, she, she started out as a Christian singer, and then she went over to pop, so, she talked about how, you know, she had, along the way, her, her and Rihanna are friends, and she talks about how meeting other people in the industry and how a lot of things that she thought was true, she didn't like, she wasn't allowed to interact with black people, she wasn't allowed to interact with gay people. She said this before, she had all these prejudices and all these things, and she realized that, you know, her upbringing was not correct, and she, you know, she started opening her mind and, like, getting, you know, to, to where she is now. So, she still has a way to go. You know, that statement she made, but it's like, I, I don't, I mean, what y'all want is, wokeness is a journey, you know, she trying, okay, that's not what she said, I get it, I understand why everybody's upset, but, if you know, she, she was a Christian fundamental singer up to like, um, right before her first album came out, I don't know what year that was, but, not that long, so well into her adulthood, so like, yo, give her, give her a chance, she got to that point, she'll get further, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she, she's young also. Like, like I said before when, um, with, with Rihanna, when she gave the, um, Oprah interview, and I was saying at the time, I was like, it was a good interview, I was like, but I'm, I wasn't ready to put her on my shoulders yet, because I heard a lot of battered woman syndrome in that interview, but I was like, but she was young, I think she was like 23 or 24 when she gave that interview, and I was like, she'll learn, she'll, she'll figure it out, and she'll get it together, and sure enough, she did, and Katie is the same way, like, I just, I don't, I don't know what y'all want, like, y'all want them to, um, not be racist, and when they try to be racist, if they not just all the way up to, like, super cyan, fucking woke, nick, white person, then y'all still complaining, so, and I'm not caping for Katie, I, I, I get what she said was problematic, but, like, give her time, it took her time to get to that point, she's not gonna know everything, you know what I mean, like, I don't, I personally, whatever, I'm not gonna get into the culture vultures conversation, because I think that's dumb, and I've addressed that before, I mean, there is a such thing as culture vulture, but I, put it like this, when I grew up listening to music, everybody, it wasn't this, like, hard category of black artists do this, and white artists do that, it wasn't like that, David Bowie made soul music, Rod Stewart made soul music, um, R&B, the Rolling Stone, it, it wasn't like that, it was just, are you good? Are, you know, are, can, can you do it? Don't come over here like um, the five heartbeats with that shoe bar. Don't do that shit, but be good. So, y'all sound crazy to me with this. Uh, now she wants to do hip hop. She just wants the glass. It's like, 
she's an artist. She want to do music. She want to try hip hop or whatever. Is is she can do that? If if the song is trash, then it's trash. I I think Katie's song was the, the joint she did with Juicy J was fire. Like that's I don't so. Y'all with that, I just let that pass pass because that's dumb to me. Because Michael Jackson did pop music, he did soul music, um, um, Elton John and, and all them. When I grew up, it wasn't no black station white. You just turned on the radio and they had top 20 or top 25, whatever. And the black station would play Hall and Oates. The black station would play Springsteen. If it was a song that people liked, they would play it. You turn on a white station, they play Michael Jackson, they play Donna Summer. I grew up in the 80s as a little kid in the 90s. And so, anybody else who grew up through that time, you know what I'm talking about. So, when y'all get with that, oh, well, Miley Cyrus need to go back to country, that's dumb to me. Because Dolly Parton did country, Dolly Parton did pop. Ray Charles did country. They called him R&B, but he really was a country artist. That's when he started out. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, culture, a culture vulture is somebody, is, is, is when you see, is 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 like a um who, who I'm trying to think of who like that's relevant. A culture vulture is somebody that just comes in, they they just take whatever they put it on and they just run run with it and have no appreciation or don't even like give credit to what it is. Like white people, white people come up on collard greens that black people been eating since the beginning of time and now because a white person has discovered a collard green now oh look at this new food new to who and you don't even eat it right y'all not y'all's crunching on raw ass collard greens like it's kale that ain't how you eat collard greens that's nasty ask a black ask a black person we'll show you how to make collard greens that's a culture vulture somebody just roll up on something and just think because they just rolled up on it ain't nobody ever before them ever did this or don't know nothing about it and they just want to pick it up and claim it as they own I don't think that that's what Katy Perry does when she's on stage with Migos uh, or Miley Cyrus or none of those. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I, I don't, um, that's not culture vulture to me. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that accusation. And it usually comes from people who don't sell records, but whatever. Moving on from that to today's shooting that happened at some baseball game, I guess, they have, you know, these fuck-ass Republican congressmen trying to take health care and everything else care away from the American people apparently have time to play baseball in the middle of the day. And um, one of the Bernie bros is just fed up with y'all just all taking everything for yourself and trying to leave everybody else out here ass out needing dirt. Uh, walked up to the third baseline and uh, laid down behind the base and just start shooting y'all asses. And um, shot up congressman or senator, I don't know who he was, some Republican, I really don't give a fuck, um, shot him, nobody was killed, um, but he got shot, and, like, the guard trying to, um, save him got shot, and so, soon as it, like, not even two seconds after it happens, here comes all the Democrats, so, let's not turn this into a partisan effort, we all together, really, are we, because when they shot up Sandy Hook, um, they won together with us when Dylan Roof went to church wasn't nobody together when all these mass shootings that we have per month nobody's together and how is it not a partisan issue are you fucking serious it is totally a partisan issue because there's only one party that has been that has refused to do anything to limit any of the weapons that these fucking kind of people can get and y'all know I'm not a I, I like my weapons and I'm not a liberal that oh we shouldn't have guns and I, whatever but we don't need semi-automatics, and a lot of these crazy people and unstable people don't need to have these guns because they do shit like this. So how you gonna tweet? It's not a partisan 
issue. It totally is a partisan issue because only one party is doesn't want to do anything because they get paid by the gun lobby. So, like, Democrats are so dumb, man. Y'all are dumb. It's, it hurts. Y'all are just y'all are kind of stupid. Just hurt. It gives a nigga a headache because, like, how dumb can you be? Of course, it's partisan. As soon as and, and let that man have been a Muslim, it'd have been partisan then, because they would have been all terror. And this is what we talking about. We got to get was it was partisan when they was calling the, the Mexicans bad hombres, and and it's partisan then. But now because y'all fucking Goody McTwo shoes, I don't know what I don't even know what the fuck is wrong with Democrats. Like seriously, like all I know is they got me fucked up, and I'm really frustrated because I'm not gonna be a Republican, and there's no other choice, but I wish to God it was, because I wanna get off this bad news bear team, y'all suck, y'all don't know shit, y'all don't know nothing about politics, y'all don't win shit, if somebody like Obama or Bill Clinton don't come along through the force of their will to carry y'all dumbasses along with them, y'all can't win nothing, y'all don't have no backbone, y'all don't have no guts, y'all don't know the issues, y'all don't know how to appeal to your base or nobody else, and all y'all do is whine and complain and run around trying to make friends, with these white working class voters quote fingers who just racist and everybody know it but y'all and I just I went off this team I'm not I'm, I'm ready for war man I'm tired of this shit I'm not making listen I've said this before I'm saying it again we are never y'all need to stop with this come together y'all need to stop we're all on the same team we are not all on the same team there are people in this country that want to take us back to a bad time when people didn't have rights when black people could get lynched when Mexicans could, couldn't even come in here with, or, or had to work for slaves when not everybody had rights when people don't have health care when people can't do nothing when corporations can just run over and do anything they want when the economy is shit and only a few people have money and nobody has rights and gays can't get married and women can't get married or, 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 or don't have control over their bodies and trying to take us to some handmade tale shit and we're not coming together with them, we're not turning the clock back, we're not going back to 1950 we're not giving the little gains that we have fought tooth and nail and died for over the past 50-60 years, we're not giving it up, we are never ever, ever getting together with them, so stop it, let it go, I'm tired of it, nobody wants to hear it, we are, we went out in the street the day after the election, million strong to say, we ain't with this bullshit, y'all might have fucked it up, we, we helped, but we letting y'all know, regardless of what happened in this little election, we not with this shit, cut it out, we're not doing it, and I don't want to hear about, oh well, well, we just can't fight forever. That would—that's such a Caucasian thing to say. Let me tell you something, Mister White Man and Mister White Woman. Black people, and I only speak for black people. If a Mexican want to do a podcast, an Asian want to do a podcast, they can. This mine. I don't speak for black people because don't nobody include us in their shit. So this for us. We have been fighting since we got here. We have never stopped fighting. We don't know anything but fighting. So we can just keep that up. To say we can't fight forever, we've been fighting forever. Fine with us. Fine with us. We will fight until we win. We will fight until every last one of you dies if that's necessary. Because we're going to win. We're going to win. I don't know how, and I don't know how long. I just know we're going to win. You know how? Because as it was in the beginning, so shall it be at the end. And at the beginning, it was us. So at the end, one come hell or high water... It's going to be us. We're going to win. So, we just, we're not going to stop fighting. So, these calls for peace and all that, we are peaceable with people who are peaceable for us. But y'all trying to take us back to a time that 
we fought and our our ancestors died for, and we only had this little what from 1955 to that. That's a person's lifetime. That's some of y'all's parents' lifetime. My father was born in 1943. 1955. We just got to go to school with white people. It ain't been that long. Y'all act like slavery was over and that was it. Y'all want to forget about all the history up to that. All that was fighting. And so was slavery. Slavery was fighting to get free. When y'all brought us here against our will. That was fighting to get free. Then once we got free, we had to fight to get the rights that y'all wanted to deny us. And then once took that all the way up to 1950. We had to fight for everything. We had to fight tooth and nail for everything. We have been fighting since we've been here. Y'all can't fight forever, but we can and we will, we've been fighting we never stop, so we just keep it up so, your little appeals to peace and we can't, we're just gonna be fighting, we've been fighting, that's such a Caucasian thing to say, we've been fighting we fight y'all every day, we walk out our houses we fighting y'all, it's, it's light work, it's not nothing, we can keep fighting, we're gonna keep fighting we're gonna win, I don't know how, I don't know how long I just know that we will, cause we're right and I'm a person that believes that right always wins out at some point. It's looking real dark now, I know. But, you know, now is the time you just got to have faith and you just got to believe and you got to fight. And so, let it go. We're not getting, we're not coming together with y'all. We'll come, if y'all want to put that bullshit y'all on down and listen to what we saying and, and finally give us what we've been asking for the 400 years we've been in this country which ain't nothing extra but what y'all had all this time and what y'all been denying us from if y'all want to give us that then we'll stop fighting and we'll come together and we can all go on our merry way but until then we will thump we will fight to the death so stop it we're not coming together with you we're not, go, we're never, we're never, ever, ever going to be friends with those people. We're not going to come, we don't have nothing in common. Y'all gave us a big fuck you when y'all put uh, Trump into the, into the White House with the specific purpose of turning back everything that we fought for. So we're not coming together with you. Stop it. And you fucking black people out there saying that shit, y'all stop it too. You either on our side or you not. Go, you want to go together with them, y'all go over there. Y'all get fucking cut down too. We mowing everybody down, period. So, that's it. Stop it. We're not doing it. We're never doing it. We are prepared to fight forever. Got it? Good. Off that. All right. So, got that out the way. Let's lighten it up. Um, oh, so this is a good time to mention. So, I told y'all about Bumpers before. The new app I'm doing. I went to see, um... It comes at night over the weekend. <laughs> Y'all warned me not to go. Said it was going to be trash. I had faith. It was trash. But I'm not going to review it here. Um, go check me out at Bumpers, at, at Genghis Kells um, on Bumpers. And I, I, if you go to my Twitter page, at KMGZ, you'll see it. I put it up. And, um, you know, that they're paying me. So go ahead and listen and tell your friends to listen. And I'm going to try to do more of those. But <sighs> your girl be busy. But that review is on there. I'm not going to do that here. But... I will go into, so, the show clause came on Sunday night on USA, TNT, one of those cable stations came on, Nisi Nash, um, Karuchi Tran, um, old girl from, uh, that played Trudy on, um, True Blood, I should have got her name, she's on it, um, the guy, I should have looked these people's name up, sorry, the guy that played the, um, on 
Breaking Bad, the guy that played the FBI brother-in-law, I think. He's on it, in it. Um, and two other people who I know. Oh, and um, Andre Perrineau, is that his name? The black dude from... Oh, he been in a lot of shit. Y'all know him. He he was in um The Road. He been in the black dude, Andre Perno. I, I can't. I'm drawing a blank right now. But he been in a lot of shit. Y'all know him when y'all see him. Is in it, and it's really good. And I was excited to watch it from the preview because I didn't know what it was gonna be about. There were like clauses by the nail shop, so it's set in Florida, and I'm not really sure in Florida. It's not Miami. It looked like maybe Tampa area. It's definitely not Miami though, but it's in Florida. And um, she runs a nail shop. She's money laundering, and she's doing um, laundering money for the Dixie Mafia, which you know is the mafia in the South. And um, they're running like a pill scam out of this doctor's office. And so she's dating um, the nephew of the boss, a white guy, Nisi Nashes. And um, they had a deal that she would help him do this for a year, and then she would get her bonus, which would be twenty k. She wants this, this other bigger salon that she wants to that's hers that she wants to get because this salon is kind of fronted by the, by the um by them. I mean, it's hers, but you know they she they run their money through it, so they got control over it. She wants to get this nice new fancy dream salon with this bonus money. So. She's been doing this, and they come in, and he gives the, the guy, her boyfriend, gives her the money, and it's only like $3,000, not nearly enough for her shop. So she like, the fuck is this? He like, yo, I know, but this is how much, you know, I'm going to give you. And she like, nah, fuck that, we had a deal, blah, blah, blah. So they go back and forth. Meanwhile, Karuchi, um is, is is new to the salon, and the one that plays Trudy is back. She went to jail for um, credit card scams, so she's back now. So they all friends, but Karuchi is new. Don't nobody like Karuchi. She being real nosy. Everybody in the shop knows what's going on except her. She know what's going on when she's not in. So she being real nosy. They don't like it. They don't look. Mind your business. Come in. Do we ask you to do? Go. Mind your business. Um, they don't like her. So Karuchi starts fighting. I'm sorry. Starts fucking the dude that Nisi Nash is fucking. And she does that. She tries to get favors. But Nisi Nash ain't no dummy. She knows this dude. So it's this good scene. <laughs> After she finds out that she's fucking her, so Karuchi come in there. She got the expensive bag now, cause now he dating her, and um, she think she thinks she gonna run the shop. Like, well, I don't gotta listen to you no more. And Nisi Nash is like, okay, hey, how you doing? And like they playing it off, and um, Trudy act like she gonna go get coffee, and um, she punched the shit out of Karuchi. She punched Karuchi up, beat Karuchi up, throw Karuchi outside, throw Karuchi purse out, <laughs> like bitch. Get the fuck out of here. I tried to give you a job, and this is how you're going to try to play us. Because Karuchi had told the dude about Trudy's ankle bracelet. Because, you know, she on um, probation or whatever, or parole. And um, she was like, yo, he was trying to get her to fire Trudy. Like, yo, we can't have that in here. That's bringing heat. And, you know, Nisi wasn't going to do that because they cool. She like, yo, I'm not, you know, fuck you. Mind your business. So, Karuchi, like, goes back to, you know, with the dude. And the dude, meanwhile, he done got this nice, fancy new house. He live out on the water. He can't give her her bonus. So, Nisi goes to the house. For, no, first she tries to talk to the uncle. Like, look, me and your nephew had a deal. He told me this amount. The uncle, like, look, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I gave you what I gave you. That's it. Fuck out of here, basically. So, she leaves that. Um, and she goes to dude's house. And she like, yo. So, when she walks in, she sees him fucking Karuchi again. So... But Karuchi, like, she, he like, she like, yo, get the fuck out of here if I beat your ass again. So Karuchi go running off. Um, so they go out to the pool. 
And dude talking to her any kind of way, like, look, you need to be grateful. Stop asking me for this money, blah, 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 you know, doing gangster shit. So she like, okay. So then he jump in the pool. He real arrogant. Talking about, yo, why don't you finish me off? He didn't just was fucking Karuchi, right? So she like, all right. So she, she started threatening his eyebrows. He sitting between her legs. And then she just decided she going to kill him. She like, fuck this, right? So she takes this statue or whatever, his dude in the head, and, and drowns him in the pool. Now, I, I knew when she drowned him in the pool that he wasn't going to be drowned because she just didn't hold him long enough. And I just, whatever, I just would have been still beating that nigga in the head just to make sure. You know what I mean? You in the water, ain't going to be no fingerprints. <laughs> I mean, I was just beat that nigga's head off just to make sure he was drowned, but she didn't. So, Karuchi comes out. Karuchi didn't leave. Karuchi comes back. At the second that she sees Karuchi, dude jumps about the water, grabs Nisi Nash and is, and is punching her and about to kill her. Next thing we know, Karuche from the living room, shoots dude dead in the pool. Wow, shoots him in the water. He dead. Nisi Nash looks and Karuche's like, okay, can I be in your little in your little clique now? Because the whole time when she was in the shop, she was like, but I can help y'all. I know, you know, she trying to she trying to get them to let her in, and they like, nah, sis. So she was like, okay, well, can I be in your clique now? Because after Nisi Nash didn't beat her ass and shit, right? So she just kind of looking at her. So that was the end of that episode, and it was really good. Is it an hour show? I think it's an hour. But y'all should watch it. It's Claws. It's really good. Um, it's exciting. It's like one of them uh, shows where I'm, like, I'm real anxious to see what's going to happen next episode. Karuchi was really good. I give her credit. I don't know I don't know what her personality is like regular, but, I mean, I could tell she's taking classes, I mean, she was good, it wasn't like you know, she wasn't like, oh, I'm Karuche here to read the lines and, you know, reading them like Karuche, like, she was really good, you know she was playing like the little ghetto hood chick and, um, I think she's from South Central so, I'm not sure how, no, that's that's Jean Aiko, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure Karuche's background, but I don't I don't think, she was on Ayala she ain't no hood girl, put it like that so it's not like she just had to be like, oh, I'll just act like one of the girls around my way, like, she, she it was good, it was really good so check that out, that's Claws, sorry I don't have a channel, but I'm pretty sure it's TNT. Um, next, let's do Love and Hip Hop, because I want to save the good joint for last. So, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, this week was in Jamaica Part 2. And only part I'm going to mention from this episode is my nigga Dom Pitt. Let me actually, not, let, me not, let me not disrespect her with the name that Jocelyn be calling her, because she, Jessica Don, on this week's episode, bruh, so, um, they're in Jamaica, right, Kurt and, um, Jock show up, Kurt, um, you know, going through this drama with Rashida and this other girl, and this is your baby, right, so they all show up in Jamaica, the, um, um, Jessica is down there with her, her she got some new fiance, she's come a long way, she started out on the show real raggedy when, when, Jocelyn threw that money in her face, and she was trying to get Jocelyn to, uh, acknowledge her, she was, like, doing the most, and just really, like, girl, what is this, but she has come a long way, and she's evolved, and you can tell she's trying to do better, and be better, and like I said, in relation to Jocelyn, and, and to Amber, and to all this applies to, you know, you can't help your circumstances where you come from, but I always admire people who don't come from the best backgrounds, and didn't grow up with, like, everything that you're supposed to, but they reckon, and, and they get bad habits and bad things, and they recognize, and they try to do better, they try to do the right thing, they don't always make it, but they try, they recognize, like, yo, I don't want to be this, you know, I gotta act a certain way, I always 
give credit to those people because there's so many shitty people walking around that just use that for an excuse and just stay shitty forever. So when people try to do better, you know, I, I big them up and she's one of them. She's come a long way. But um she was so they all sitting around. They all are like this cabana in Jamaica and they all sitting around and the the new intern that Jock has, that's an intern, he comes up with her. Because Carly Red is with Caesar now, right? So they're not together. So he rolls up with this new intern. And they all sitting there and they I don't even think I don't even think they talking about Rashida and Kirk's situation. I think it just everybody just kinda sitting around. It's a white party, of course. Niggas love a white party. And they just kinda all sitting around, right? And this chick says somehow the issue of Kirk and Rashida came up. I'm not sure how. And she says, well, you know, I used to be a side chick, so I just feel like, you know, the side chick point of view should come. Girl, what are you talking about? You just got here. Nobody even knows who you are. Nobody cares about you. Nobody's asked you your opinion. Nobody's even talking to you. What are you talking about with this side chick shit? So Rashida just gets up and walks away because that's what Rashida does. Rashida don't confront nothing. Rashida just gets up and walks away. Like, okay, I gotta go because, girl, what are you talking about? We, I'm sitting down here with my friends and people that know me trying to get away from there. Here you come talking about, I need the side piece. Let me put, let me give you the side pieces two cents. The side piece don't, shut up, girl. You shut up. So Rashida gets up and leaves, and, and, and motherfucking Jessica Dime just, yo, she moved. Floated like a butterfly and stung like a bee. She moved so fast to go punch that girl dead in her face. Bow! Hit her so hard, her wig came. Her wig went flying up in the air. Like, you know, in the cartoons, <laughs> when something, <laughs> when like niggas slip on the, a banana peel and shit, and she go flying and flipping up in the air. Like, that's her wig. Since wig came up, since the wig went up in the air like a cat. You know, like when you scare a cat and it's like, ah, and he go up in his air. That's how a wig went flying in the air like a fucking cat. Like a scared cat, right? It went up. Yo, Jessica Dunn was punching the shit out of a butt. But she got her like three, four good jabs in before security got her up off that girl. Like she had, she was beating the brakes off that girl, right? So they get her, they get her off, they finally get her off the girl, right? And Jessica like, you don't do no shit like that. It was so many quotes. You don't do no shit like that. So why they separating them apart and everybody like, what? Meanwhile, Waka Flocka Flame and Mimi both was me in the scene. Because everybody else is kind of looking like, whoa, shit. Waka sitting off to the side eating, eating the um, barbecue. Like just looking <laughs> like Safari in that gift, right? And Mimi never even left the table. Mimi sitting there with her. I was like, both of them are me. Because I would watch a fight. If you my homie, like we cool, I ain't gonna let you get jumped. And you know, I, I put just red, just people fighting. I'm too old for that shit. Been the fuck around through my hip out. I'll sit there and watch. I'll film it. I ain't gonna again. I'm not gonna let you get jumped or nothing like that. But I'm not fighting. So, so they breaking them up, right? And the girl's trying to fix her wig. The wig came off, right? So she gets the hole in the wig, and the wig is like one of these long ass, and it wasn't secured. Like I don't know. I ain't gonna lie, I don't know a lot about wigs, but, you know, but I know that some people put them on, like, Beyonce and Rihanna, and them be at whole shows, swinging they shit around, and the shit don't come off, so it's a way to secure a wig, right, but I noticed, I don't know if it's a trend, I notice a lot of people, 
at least here in Harlem, just throw that shit up on the head like a lampshade or like a hood, and it just like, you know, go with God, hope it stay up there, like, they don't be fastening it down or nothing, so, this girl just had her wig on like a hoodie, right, well, it's fastened to nothing, because ain't like Jessica grabbed the wig, she just punched her out of it, she just, her, she just punched her out the wig, the girl's face went left, the wig went right, right, so, she's trying to like fix this wig, and then she's trying to fix it, the wig, the wig, the wig didn't even want to be there, the wig did not want to be involved, because the wig slid off again, the wig, the wig like slid, like she put it on her head, and the wig slid back, like nah girl, you wrong, you wrong girl, you wrong, <laughs> so, and so she's steady talking shit to Jessica, so she says something to her, and she was like, oh you, t- Something, I don't know, I don't know what the girl said Jessica was like, girl, I'm the best at what I do Don't nobody know who you are (laughs) And it was just so After she had just punched that girl out of her wig And just rammed her For her to say that, it was just perfect It was just, I was like, oh my god I'm gonna say that to somebody It was just perfect Jessica beat her ass she was like, girl, I'm the best at what I do. I don't even know who you are. Because she said something about she was a, um, she tried to call it like a stripper or some shit. You know, oh, you just a whole stripper. Jessica was like, oh, stripper, I'm the best at what I do. I don't know who you are. And I just beat your ass, and your wig still sliding back off your head. <laughs> Bro, that's one of the best scenes ever. The only, it was on par. Remember the, um, early in the season, or early in the show, when um the first time Jocelyn thought she was pregnant and Jocelyn and Stevie and Mimi was sitting on that couch and, and Stevie said that shit like who the daddy and Jocelyn turned and drove on his ass that's how Jessica beat that girl but except Jessica connected Jocelyn only got like a few punches off she didn't really get to st- Jessica connected Jessica was punching that girl like Tommy Hearns be <laughs> long ass jabs it was great <laughs> Oh man, pushed her out of her wig. So, Jock grabs the girl, and then Jock is up, and Jock, it's one of those situations, man. Jock bought her there, so he had to take her away. But Jock was pulling her away, like, you know how, like, when you go to church, and it's like the real old ladies and the ushers gotta usher them to seats, they just hold their arm out, and they just kinda drag the, the old lady, cause the lady moves so slow, that she, he just kinda, like, guide her. That's how... <laughs> That's how Jock was taking her ass out of there. Like, come on, baby. Like, and Jock was like, no, I don't even know why you said that. You can't say that. You gotta, you got that lady business. Like, Jock just knew she was wrong. Jock ain't even try to. He was like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> it's the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Ooh, she beat her ass. Y'all know. Y'all know that shit was funny if y'all saw it. <laughs> um. What else? That was like the highlight of the episode. I don't think too much else happened. Rashida and Kirk talk. Oh, yeah, Rashida and Kirk talk, and Rashida told, told Kirk about the dude that came in and claimed that he was the um girl's baby daddy. And I, I don't know. Like, he seemed like a stunt king to me. And then I question now because they showed a scene with, with the girl, and he was waiting for her. When she was leaving, she had to go back dancing now because Kirk kicked her to the curb. And he was waiting for her in the shop. And when she walked past him and she was in the confessional, she was like, yo, this is the dude from high school. I ain't messed with this dude since high school. He's still following me. He's been stalking me. And it seemed like she, 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 he kind of was because she got into the van and he was following. He was like, I'm going to make your life hell. And she was like, get the fuck away from me. And then 
um, when she, when she got in the van, he like ran up on her. He got she got up off the van like she was gonna hit him, and he jumped like he was gonna hit her back. But I think she only did that because security was there. Because soon as security got there, that's when she jumped up and she hit him in the face. And he ain't do nothing, but he looked like he was going to. So I don't know. I questioned him too because he he according to her that that was her high school boyfriend. So I'm not. I don't know. I, I, I'm I got questions for him. I'm not really sure. He seemed like he might just be doing this for attention, but we'll see. Which I thought anyway, because why roll up in Rashida's shop, but whatever. Yeah, that was it. That was it for Love and Hip Hop. If you ain't seen it, please watch us compost that girl out her wig. Woo. Woo. Oh, it, it, was, it was funny. So, back to the end. So, I told y'all that I'm going to be reviewing Queen of the South. It's on USA, Thursday night to, um, at 10, at 10 p.m. And... It's the best show that y'all are not watching. Season one is on Netflix. Please watch it. Please catch up. It's so good. It's the story of Teresa Mendoza, who um, it's called Queen of the South. It's sta- it takes place in Texas and Mexico. The the, the U.S. Um, version t- is in Dallas, and Mexico is wherever fucking Mexico. I don't know. Um, they go back and forth across the border, and it's Teresa Mendoza. So she so the the season starts. She's already a kingpin, and she's telling the story backwards, right? And as she tells the story backwards, so the first season was the start. So she ended up, she started out, she was the girlfriend of, like, one of the just, you know, dudes that work for the cartel. He gets killed. Um, he has his book with all this information. So the whole first season is this man named, that's the mayor of, the drug runner, but he's also the mayor of one of these Mexican cities who's, you know, trying to get this book because this book has information. He tries to kill her several times. She, she makes it out. Um, and then he, he's married to his wife, Camilla, who runs the drug operation on the U.S. side? He's married to her, so she she makes her way to Teresa makes her way to the U.S. She has she finds this book, she brings it back. She doesn't know what the book is, but she knows it's valuable because they kill her boyfriend for it, and they try to kill her, and they try to kill her friend. Her her and her friend, her her friend, and their two boyfriends are like best friends. She don't have no family; that was her only family. Um, so they on the run because they kill her friend's husband too. So they know something is up. They don't just, just don't know what. So they get to the um, U.S. side through a tunnel. They place somebody, put them through a tunnel, whatever. This is all first season shit, I'm telling y'all. Y'all watch it. The, um, at the end of the first season, the best friend ends up getting killed because they get sold when they was in uh, Mexico. Somebody sells them out to, to um, the, the kingpin, and he's trying to get the book from the from the friend who's also a G, like the friend, when her husband gets killed, and they go to the state, she don't have no money, so she like, fuck this, so she meets some random dude on the corner, some some corner boy dude that was trying to sell, and he was like, obvious, and he was like, damn, I can't get no money, and she was like, you can't get no money, Bendejo, because you don't know what you're doing, like, let me show you, so she takes him to the hotel, and she shows him how to do it, and you know, they start running their little ring, and she start making money, because she like, yo, my husband run this whole shit, like, you, you, you amateur status out here, let me show you how you do it, Right, so she gets them up, but they find them out, and she ends up getting killed because she she won't tell them what the book is either. So they kill her. So um, that was the end of season one. So now season two, all her friends are dead. Lil Yachty, right? It's just her. She she like, yo, I'm gonna survive this shit. So in the meantime, she had been doing jobs for Camilla. She did some hits for Camilla. She did some stuff for Camilla. So Camilla is is keeping her alive because Camilla's like, why does my husband want you so bad? And um. But but she, um, Teresa don't say nothing because she know the book is her only lever. She like I ain't everybody's looking for this book. She's like I'm not gonna tell you. So she don't and she don't know if she could trust Camilla. So she goes on a few more jobs with you know, and Camilla starts to like see she's serious and she's capable. Like you know what I mean? She she's good. So 
time goes on, time goes on, time goes on. So this season, we up to this season. And so, you know, she's been working for Camille a little bit. But she, like, remember the part I told you at the end of last season when her friend get killed? She makes it out. They went to kill both of them. But Teresa gets away, and she um, finds, like, this um, other tunnel where they're keeping all these dead bodies. So she put in piece, she pieces shit together. She found this book. This dude is trying to kill her. She keeps finding little pieces of information. She knows something is, is up because they killed her boyfriend in the first place. So she knows it's something that's going on. So she's just trying to figure out her angle, right? So she comes to the... So, you know, they kill her friend, she get back, and she like, yo, I went in on this, I want, I want to work for you, I'm tired, I'm, I'm tired of you, um, you're not gonna order me around, because she was working for Camilla, so Camilla was telling her where to go and all that, but she, at the end of season one, her friend that got killed, she got away, she makes it back to the U.S. side with this book, she has to pay the, the coyote, and meanwhile, the coyote, people in Mexico is trying to get, is trying to sell her out to Epifanio, because Epifanio is the big man, he's the, he's the jefe, and they all, they, he got the word out all over for her in this book, so everybody gunning for her. So she gets the coyote to take her, get her back safe to the U.S. So she gets back safe to the U.S. and so she's, you know, with Camilla, like, yo, um, you're not gonna order me around no more. Like, I'm, if we gonna do this, I'm gonna have some say in this shit. They didn't kill my friend, they didn't kill my boyfriend. They tried to kill me. Your husband is still trying to kill me. I don't really know if I can trust you or not. Like, yo, this this relationship gotta change. So, Camilla's like, alright. Cause Camilla, you know, she respects her a little bit and she knows she's good. So she like, alright. So they get back and they do, she send them on a couple more jobs. She like, alright, well look. So in the meantime, Camilla and her husband are, are beefing. Because Camilla is running the business on the U.S. side. And she's a, she's a jefe over here. And she doing her thing. Like she hold this shit tight. And the husband is, is trying to act like it's all his or whatever. And he don't want to like treat her like a real boy. He treating her like the wife. And like it's all his and like ordering her around. And she like, wait a minute, homeboy. You the man in Mexico, but I'm the man here. And and it ain't just gonna be what you say. It's what you say when we in Mexico, but we in the US is what I say. So they've been beefing. And so they went to war and so she lost um other when the other cartel started coming for her, it was another cartel that was coming for her, he didn't back her up. So she had to dispatch them on her own. And that's these are some of the jobs she was sending Teresa on. And so but in that she lost her supplier. So she needed a new supplier. So she was like, all right. So she sends Teresa and the um, dude that Teresa's been working with, doing jobs with, to this this other dude. So Teresa shows her the book. My bad, I'm skipping a step. Shows her the book. And in and, 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 and the book and all these pages, is this initial G- GK. And she starts, you know, the whole time, the whole season, she's thinking back through stuff. And she starts putting together. She was like, yo, this is the book that your husband wants is trying to kill me for, it's coded, but I know what it means, and I think this right here is this guy, and he can help you, he can run your, your drugs for you, and Camilla's like, oh, why should I trust you, blah, 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 she was like, you should trust me, because all the shit I did, first of all, second of all, let's talk about why I should trust you, because I done did all this shit, and I got this book, and I want to work for you, I want in, so Camilla's like, alright, fine, you go get this dude in, we'll talk, so, Camilla and the dude go off to this dude, and they make him the offer. So the dude is like fucking with him, and he, of course, you know, she's Teresa's pretty, so he making passes to her or whatever, and he kind of fucking around with him. And so Teresa get fed up. <laughs> Teresa pulled a gun out and shoot one of the dudes, and was like, "Look, do I got your attention now? 
we trying to do this business, blah, blah, blah. You want to do it or not? So they go through, they make the business. So she goes back to Camilla, and she don't really trust Camilla, and I don't really trust Camilla either. Um, and she tells, she like, yo, I want in. She like, what can you do for me? Will you die for me? And she like, nah, I ain't going to die for you, but I'll, I'll live for you. I'll survive for you. You show me this business. You mentor me. You, you show me what to do. And and I will work for you. I you know I won't betray you. Whatever. So that's the end of the first episode of season two. But it's good, yo. Y'all gotta if you, any like it's like I'm trying to think. Uh, y'all remember that movie? Um, what was it? Sicario. It's it's like that. Like the setting. Like the the breath of it is like that. But you know, take that stupid white girl out and the kid. But I'm saying it's like that kind of movie. It's not like no little cheesy shit, like, it's really good, the acting is good, it's like, the story is good, um, and you gotta follow it, because again, it always starts at the beginning, as she's the kingpin, so clearly she's gotten rid of Camilla and all these people, we just have to figure out how, because at the beginning, it always starts, she's she fucking fly shit, she got on this all white, and it's always like, you know, yeah, you know, uh, I make all this money, blah, blah, blah. it always starts, and then she goes back, so this, it's getting the story Oh, and, and, oh, and I forgot to tell y'all, the first episode of the first season is her getting killed. It's her, she's, and she's super fly, Teresa Mendoza, she got her glasses on, whatever, she got her white, and she, and she's in the hotel room, she turns to leave, and somebody shoots her in the chest and kills her. And she, and that's how it starts, she's like, oh, you probably wonder how I got here, I'm the biggest drug kingpin in the world, blah, 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 I wonder how I got here, it goes backwards. So it starts from there, it's so good, so, check it out, Thursday's 10, USA. Alright, so, that's it. I, um, go see, go go to Bumpers, go to Genghis Kells Bumpers, I'll give y'all my Comes at Night video. I'll just give y'all a real short, don't go see that shit. Um, but I'll give you a full review on that. Um, yeah, and that's it. I don't know, um, I should've went to see The Mummy. I didn't go see The Mummy, because this It Comes at Night had good reviews. So I was like, yo, it's gonna be dope. And The Mummy had bad ones, but I'm, I'm sure The Mummy was trash, but I would just enjoyed it more than that. That movie was, ugh. So, um, what's coming up next? I wasn't gonna go see that Tupac movie, but I don't know. I might go see that, because, um, Benny Boom and the director was on a Breakfast Club today, and I kinda liked what they had to say. Um, cause John Singleton was on there bashing the movie, and I thought he sounded kinda crazy, so... Um, they sounded, um, I, I, I might go see it, I'm not, I don't give a fuck, I never was a big Tupac fan, and I really ain't trying to see no movie about him 30, however many years later, I really don't give a fuck, but I might go see it, um, and what's the movie I'm waiting for, it's a movie I'm waiting to come out, something come out in July, I can't recall, I, I, I'll, I'll remember, but, alright, that's it, so, thanks for listening, Thanks for asking. Thank y'all for shouting me out on Twitter and all the new followers. Please tell your friends. Review me. Somebody review me on iTunes. Thank you. Please, I don't be shooting out iTunes to y'all because I feel like SoundCloud is easier to use. But we're on iTunes too. So if you go in there and review me, please, thank you. Um, get me up in the favorites. Um, this is episode 107. Thanks for asking Kells Radio. I'm going to call this Cultural Niggerati because um, I just am. <laughs> um, and, uh... On Twitter, you can find me at thanks underscore for asking without the G. Email is thanks for asking podcast at gmail.com. I check that when I can. Um, send me, you know, anything. A couple of y'all have sent me emails. Thank you. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for your support. Thanks for all y'all telling me it's a favorite. Um, and see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>